The Bible, the book that has changed the world by changing lives around the world. Men and women, young and old, the Bible has changed my life. The love, stability, and hope that I need, they're all found in the Bible. The Bible gives me hope that a new day is coming. The Bible is helping me see what really matters. The Bible Live is a -a one-of-a-kind, first-time-in-history radio program. Offering you the chance to hear a 15 to 20 minute Bible reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Hear the scriptures, then call in with your comments and questions. This is the best show in the world. Well, actually, I was speaking against everything you were talking about before, and uh, now I, I stand humbly corrected. I'm a pastor, and our people really need to know the word more. The Bible also transformed the life of your Bible Live host. A full-blooded Apache Indian, born out of wedlock and abandoned at birth. Soapy Dollar was found in a big city alley by a kind-hearted fortune teller, then passed around to 16 families before he was six years old. Placed in a home for homeless and delinquent boys, Soapy Dollar heard the Bible's life-changing message at the age of eight, and the course of his life was changed. He's an American Indian guitar play it all around rodeo cowboy. I keep my thumb between the pages and my heart in the book. With more degrees than a thermometer and over 40 years of introducing folks just like you to the God of the Bible. Here is Sophie Deller. Bum, bum, ba-dum. Good evening, everyone. Glad you're here. Thank you for joining us. Wow, the holidays are coming in serious, aren't they? Hope you and your family, too, are having a wonderful time. The gift of family, and of course, at holidays like this, they're always special. And that's part of what we've been looking at as we make our way through the books of Exodus, Leviticus, and the time of nation building. God is building the nation of Israel, putting in the institutions, the festival, the holidays that they are going to celebrate as a people, the traditions that draw a people together and define a culture of people. And we are seeing that even in our own times in America, to some degree at least, a threat of breaking down the traditional bonds of language, culture, and borders that define a people. And when these are gone, language, culture, and borders, then you will see how a society can come apart. We need to really take these things in serious as citizens of this country in these times. It's about the belief systems and the traditions that bind us together as a people. They are important, and we'll see their importance as we make our way through the book of Leviticus. We have read down through chapter 15. We'll pick up at chapter 16 tonight. But right now, let's go to this beautiful Psalm 25. It's a prayer of commitment, asking God for his defense, his guidance, his forgiveness and cleansing. As we trust in God, he grants these same requests for us today. The Bible Life. Psalm 25, verses 1 through 11. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. I trust in you, my God. Do not let me be disgraced or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced. But disgrace comes to those who try to deceive others. Show me the path where I should walk, O Lord. Point out the right road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me. For you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. Remember, O Lord, your unfailing love and compassion, which you have shown from long ages past. 
Forgive the rebellious sins of my youth. Look instead through the eyes of your unfailing love, for you are merciful, O Lord. The Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in what is right, teaching them his way. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all those who keep his covenant and obey his decrees. For the honor of your name, O Lord, forgive my many, many sins. End of reading, Psalm 25, 1 through 11. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. We are back. This is The Bible Live. Don't you love that Psalm 25? Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my... Uh, remember that song? It's an older chorus, but I think maybe four or five verses out of there make up the verses of that beautiful chorus put to music. Today we're going to read about the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. Notice that there are two goats on the Day of Atonement. That's a very important thing for you to notice because the Day of Atonement is indeed a picture of the redemptive plan that God has for us as his people. And it tells us something about the plan of salvation for our lives today as well. The Day of Atonement tonight is introduced on The Bible Life. Leviticus 16.1 through 19.8 Leviticus 16 The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of Aaron's two sons, who died when they burned a different kind of fire than the Lord had commanded. The Lord said to Moses, Warn your brother Aaron not to enter the most holy place behind the inner curtain whenever he chooses. The penalty for intrusion is death. For the ark's cover, the place of atonement, is there, and I myself am present in the cloud over the atonement cover. When Aaron enters the sanctuary area, he must follow these instructions fully. He must first bring a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a whole burnt offering. Then he must wash his entire body and put on his linen tunic and the undergarments worn next to his body. He must tie the linen sash around his waist and put the linen turban on his head. These are his sacred garments. The people of Israel must then bring him two male goats for a sin offering and a ram for a whole burnt offering. Aaron will present the bull as a sin offering to make atonement for himself and his family. Then he must bring the two male goats and present them to the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle. He is to cast sacred lots to determine which goat will be sacrificed to the Lord and which one will be the scapegoat. The goat chosen to be sacrificed to the Lord will be presented by Aaron as a sin offering. The goat chosen to be the scapegoat will be presented to the Lord alive. When it is sent away into the wilderness, it will make atonement for the people. Then Aaron will present the young bull as a sin offering for himself and his family. After he has slaughtered this bull for the sin offering, He will fill an incense burner with burning coals from the altar that stands before the Lord. Then, after filling both his hands with fragrant incense, he will carry the burner and incense behind the inner curtain. There, in the Lord's presence, he will put the incense on the burning coals so that a cloud of incense will rise over the ark's cover, the place of atonement, that rests on the ark of the covenant. If he follows these instructions, he will not die. Then he must dip his finger into the blood of the bull, 
and sprinkle it on the front of the atonement cover and then seven times against the front of the ark. Then Aaron must slaughter the goat as a sin offering for the people and bring its blood behind the inner curtain. There he will sprinkle the blood on the atonement cover and against the front of the ark, just as he did with the bull's blood. In this way he will make atonement for the most holy place, and he will do the same for the entire tabernacle because of the defiling sin and rebellion of the Israelites. No one else is allowed inside the tabernacle while Aaron goes in to make atonement for the most holy place. No one may enter until he comes out again after making atonement for himself, his family, and all the Israelites. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Then Aaron will go out to make atonement for the altar that stands before the Lord by smearing some of the blood from the bull and the goat on each of the altar's horns. Then he must dip his finger into the blood and sprinkle it seven times over the altar. In this way, he will cleanse it from Israel's defilement and return it to its former holiness. When Aaron has finished making atonement for the most holy place, the tabernacle, and the altar, he must bring the living goat forward. He is to lay both of his hands on the goat's head and confess over it all the sins and rebellion of the Israelites. In this way, he will lay the people's sins on the head of the goat. Then he will send it out into the wilderness, led by a man chosen for this task. After the man sets it free in the wilderness, the goat will carry all the people's sins upon itself into a desolate land. As Aaron enters the tabernacle, he must take off the linen garments he wore when he entered the most holy place, and he must leave the garments there. Then he must bathe his entire body with water in a sacred place, put on his garments, and go out to sacrifice his own whole burnt offering and the whole burnt offering for the people. In this way, he will make atonement for himself and for the people. He must also burn all the fat of the sin offering on the altar. The man chosen to send the goat out into the wilderness as a scapegoat must wash his clothes and bathe in water. Then he may return to the camp. The bull and goat given as sin offerings whose blood Aaron brought into the most holy place to make atonement for Israel will be carried outside the camp to be burned. This includes the animal's hides, the internal organs, and the dung. The man who does the burning must wash his clothes and bathe himself in water before returning to the camp. On the appointed day in early autumn, you must spend the day fasting and not do any work. This is a permanent law for you, and it applies to those who are Israelites by birth, as well as to the foreigners living among you. On this day, atonement will be made for you, and you will be cleansed from all your sins in the Lord's presence. It will be a Sabbath day of total rest, and you will spend the day in fasting. This is a permanent law for you. In future generations, the atonement ceremony will be performed by the anointed high priest who serves in place of his ancestor Aaron. He will put on the holy linen garments and make atonement for the most holy place, the tabernacle, the altar, the priest, and the entire community. This is a permanent law for you to make atonement for the Israelites once each year. Moses followed all these instructions that the Lord had given to him. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Leviticus 17. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons and all the Israelites these commands from the Lord. If any Israelite sacrifices a bull or a lamb or a goat anywhere inside or outside the camp and does not bring it to the entrance of the tabernacle to present it as an offering to the Lord, that person will be guilty of a capital offense. Such a person has shed blood and must be cut off from the community. This rule will stop the Israelites from sacrificing animals in the open fields. It will cause them to bring their sacrifices to the priest at the entrance of the tabernacle so he can present them to the Lord as peace offerings. 
That way the priest will be able to sprinkle the blood and burn the fat on the Lord's altar at the entrance of the tabernacle, and it will be very pleasing to the Lord. The people must no longer be unfaithful to the Lord by offering sacrifices to evil spirits out in the fields. This is a permanent law for them to be kept generation after generation. Give them this command as well, which applies both to Israelites and to the foreigners living among you. If you offer a whole burnt offering or a sacrifice and do not bring it to the entrance of the tabernacle to offer it to the Lord, you will be cut off from the community. And I will turn against anyone, whether an Israelite or a foreigner living among you, who eats or drinks blood in any form. I will cut off such a person from the community, for the life of any creature is in its blood. I have given you the blood so you can make atonement for your sins. It is the blood, representing life, that brings you atonement. That is why I said to the Israelites, You and the foreigners who live among you must never eat or drink blood. And this command applies both to Israelites and to the foreigners living among you. If you go hunting and kill an animal or bird that is approved for eating, you must drain out the blood and cover it with earth. The life of every creature is in the blood. That is why I have told the people of Israel never to eat or drink it, for the life of any bird or animal is in the blood. So whoever eats or drinks blood must be cut off. And this command also applies both to Israelites and the foreigners living among you. If you eat from the carcass of an animal that died a natural death or was killed by a wild animal, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water. Then you will remain ceremonially unclean until evening. After that, you will be considered clean. But if you do not wash your clothes and bathe, you will be held responsible. You're listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. Leviticus 18. Then the Lord said to Moses, Say this to your people, the Israelites, I, the Lord, am your God. So do not act like the people in Egypt where you used to live or like the people of Canaan where I am taking you. You must not imitate their way of life. You must obey all my regulations and be careful to keep my laws. For I, the Lord, am your God. If you obey my laws and regulations, you will find life through them. I am the Lord. You must never have sexual intercourse with a close relative, for I am the Lord. Do not violate your father by having sexual intercourse with your mother. She is your mother. You must never have intercourse with her. Do not have sexual intercourse with any of your father's wives, for this would violate your father. Do not have sexual intercourse with your sister or half-sister, whether she is your father's daughter or your mother's daughter, whether she was brought up in the same family or somewhere else. Do not have sexual intercourse with your granddaughter, whether your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter. That would violate you. Do not have sexual intercourse with the daughter of any of your father's wives. She is your half-sister. Do not have intercourse with your aunt, your father's sister, because she is your father's close relative. Do not have sexual intercourse with your aunt, your mother's sister, because she is your mother's close relative. And do not violate your uncle, your father's brother, by having sexual intercourse with his wife. She also is your aunt. Do not have sexual intercourse with your daughter-in-law. She is your son's wife. Do not have intercourse with your brother's wife. This would violate your brother. Do not have sexual intercourse with both a woman and her daughter, or marry both a woman and her granddaughter, whether her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter. They are close relatives, and to do this would be a horrible wickedness. Do not marry a woman and her sister, because they will be rivals. But if your wife dies, then it is all right to marry her sister. Do not violate a woman by having sexual intercourse with her during her period of menstrual impurity. Do not defile yourself by having sexual intercourse with your neighbor's wife. Do not give any of your children as a sacrifice to Moloch, for you must not profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. 
Do not practice homosexuality. It is a detestable sin. A man must never defile himself by having sexual intercourse with an animal, and a woman must never present herself to a male animal in order to have intercourse with it. This is a terrible perversion. Do not defile yourselves in any of these ways, because this is how the people I am expelling from the promised land have defiled themselves. As a result, the entire land has become defiled. That is why I am punishing the people who live there, and the land will soon vomit them out. You must strictly obey all my laws and regulations, and you must not do any of these detestable things. This applies both to you who are Israelites by birth and to the foreigners living among you. All these detestable activities are practiced by the people of the land where I am taking you, and the land has become defiled. Do not give the land a reason to vomit you out for defiling it, as it will vomit out the people who live there now. Whoever does any of these detestable things will be cut off from the community of Israel. So be careful to obey my laws, and do not practice any of these detestable activities. Do not defile yourselves by doing any of them, for I, the Lord, am your God. Leviticus 19. The Lord also said to Moses, Say this to the entire community of Israel, You must be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Each of you must show respect for your mother and father, and you must always observe the Sabbath days of rest, for I, the Lord, am your God. Do not put your trust in idols or make gods of metal for yourselves. I, the Lord, am your God. When you sacrifice a peace offering to the Lord, offer it properly so it will be accepted on your behalf. You must eat it on the same day you offer it, or on the next day at the latest. Any leftovers that remain until the third day must be burned. If any of the offering is eaten on the third day, it will be contaminated, and I will not accept it. If you eat it on the third day, you will answer for the sin of profaning what is holy to the Lord and must be cut off from the community. End of reading, Leviticus 16.1 through 19.8. Listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. We've read the Ten Commandments, and now in the book of Leviticus, it expands on those Ten Commandments and explores what is the meaning of the Ten Commandments in these different areas of our life family life and relations, our career paths, our educational realm the health realm, a dietary realm, and tonight this entire chapter given to explore the area of human sexuality. What do the Ten Commandments mean in the area of our human sexuality? It is very clear, not vague or unclear in any way, shape, or form as to what kind of sexual practices are approved of God and encouraged by God, celebrated, in fact, by God, and those that are shameful and detestable, as the scripture we're reading tonight says. Of the seven days of festival or holidays, five of them were days of feasting and joyful occasions. Two of those days were serious, solemn assemblies. And this is one, the highest, greatest day of the year for Israel, the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. The word atone here means to cover. It brings us at one with God. It puts us at one with Him because of the remission of our sins through the shedding of blood. Not the blood of animals, goats, and so on, but the blood of Jesus the Messiah, of which this is a picture, a symbol, that we read about tonight. The theme of these chapters and of this entire book of Leviticus is holiness, 
God revealing that he is a holy God, totally and absolutely set apart from all others, morally pure and perfect in all of his ways. And corollary to that, we, because of his holiness, are called to be holy. And he has made a work of atonement, a work of redemption to make us holy. That is what salvation is all about. Not just about forgiveness. And that's why I wanted you to be reminded tonight that this Day of Atonement, there are two goats, not just one goat, two goats, and they represent the work of salvation that we are experiencing as God's people even today as I speak on the radio this evening. If you are a child of God, God's redemptive plan is at work within you, and it has three tenses, actually. There is one salvation work. These aren't different salvations. There is one redemptive work, but it has three phases or three dimensions that we can consider. One is the past tense. We have been forgiven the penalty of our sin. And that's what the first goat represents here. The priest places his hands upon the head of the goat, symbolically transmitting the sins of the nation onto that animal. His blood is poured out and sprinkled on the altar. We are cleansed. We are forgiven. Our sins are covered. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. There's a powerful message being delivered through the symbolism of this offering. The wages of sin is death. So the first lamb is a picture of our forgiveness, deliverance, regeneration, our justification. Justification means we are made just as if we'd never sinned. We are cleansed and we become a new person, perfect and holy in God's sight. That is the picture we have from the first lamb. Now there is a second goat here. And that goat is a picture of the second phase of our salvation called sanctification. We need more than just forgiveness, more than just the cross. We also need the empty tomb, the new life, the power of God to actually remove the sin from us completely. Not only forgiven for the sin, but to have the sin taken out of the camp. And that's exactly what the second lamb symbolizes for us. The sin is taken out of the congregation, out of the camp, out of the people. That is the work of the Holy Spirit, sanctification. We are being made santo, or we are being made holy, even as he is holy. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit, working in us to transform our lives. Remember Jesus said, I must go away, he said, so that the Father will send the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come. He begins that work of transforming our lives, not just forgiving our sin, but taking the sin out of us, changing our heart, changing our mind, changing our attitudes which form and shape our behaviors and our habits and our impulses to where we desire to do God's will. Not that we just do it because some rules from the outside impose upon us, but from the inside we desire. Remember, that's one of the wonderful lessons of Deuteronomy. I'm going to write my laws, my character, my nature, my values. I'm going to write them on your heart, on your mind. So they come out of us It's not that we're conforming to an outside pressure, to an outside list of rules. God is writing his rules in our heart. By his spirit, he is transforming our will to where we desire his will. We desire holiness and righteousness. That's the process of salvation called sanctification. In the past tense, I have been delivered from the penalty of sin. In the present tense, each one of us as God's children can say, I am being delivered. Day to day, moment by moment, even when we're asleep, God is at work in our heart, in our life, by His Spirit, removing those impulses, changing our desire and our heart. He is not only forgiving the penalty of sin, but He is defeating and overcoming the power 
of sin in our life by his power, by his spirit. And then finally, all of that is in preparation of glorification. Praise God, there will come that time when the work will be finished, either when God calls us to be with him forever in glory, or when Jesus returns to find his people and to deliver us together to be his people. I will be their God, they will be my people. And in heaven there will be no more struggle against the world and the flesh and the devil. There will be no more struggle against sin. There will be no sin. Our hearts and our minds and our wills will be united in devotion to God, in love for Him, and a devotion and a love for holiness and righteousness. The only word that is adequate to describe that time is glory, glorification. So there you have it, folks. We have justification symbolized here by that first lamb whose blood is shed on our behalf to purchase our forgiveness and cleansing. And then we have sanctification. God told the people of Israel, you will be holy even as I am holy. It's just not a command. That's a promise from God that he, by his power, is causing us to be holy. Someone has said sanctification is the process of becoming what we already are, becoming in our practice, in our daily walk and attitudes in life, the deeds and the performance of our life and the actions of our life, becoming in our daily experience what we are before God's judgment seat, what we are legally before God, holy and righteous because of the shed blood of Jesus. Now his spirit is making that a reality in our daily life experience. That's a process called sanctification. And we walk in faith in the working and the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit is we are trusting wholly and entirely on his spirit to effect that transformation of our lives. And we exhibit our faith and trust in that by our obedience. Do you see there? Obedience is not the end all of everything because obedience will not in and of itself make us holy. Yes, we need to obey, but with an attitude of faith and trust in him. If we make obedience an end in and of itself, we could be guilty of legalism. And that would be part of what the Bible means when it says, don't cook a young goat in its mother's milk. Salvation, redemption is a work of God in our lives, nothing that we attain to or that we perform and carry out ourselves. It's a work of grace that he does in us and for us. A beautiful picture tonight from the the Day of Atonement of the redemption plan of God. We must always recall that the Israelites had moved from one idol-infested country, Egypt, to another called Canaan. They also had contact with other cultures as they moved along with the people of Moab and others. As God helped them form a new culture, he warned them to leave all aspects of their pagan background and their surroundings behind them. And that is what we have to do as well as believers. We have to leave the old way, the old life that we had, those old values, the old language that we spoke, and our terrible thoughts, and our jealousies, and our angers, and our tempers. Leave those things behind and take on the values that God gives us. And trust Him to build those new values into our lives. And He will do that. That's part of the redemptive plan called sanctification by the power of His Holy Spirit. See you next time. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your financial support is needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. 
You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Start today and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word. 